0: I knew it for a long time, but I had to come to the place where I really understood and felt like, oh, wait a minute, Jesus
1: loves me. Mm. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Well, welcome back. You are listening to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Family Life Original Podcast, if that makes sense, where we talk about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. We've got a shorter season planned for you this time around, but we've got some good episodes coming up, and we hope you'll stick around for them. My name's Tim. I'm Mary. I'm Robbie. Why don't you share with me something you remember growing up as a Christian kid. Mm. There are Christian kid things. Mm-hmm. That's a real thing. Yeah, that's true. I've got a couple here. I'm just going to toss it out to you. Okay, here's a memory. Um, Memorize a Bible
0: verse. Get a Jolly Rancher. I'm into that. <laughs> so into that. Also, Whoa. every year for Christmas, Miss Jakewith, best Sunday school teacher ever, will give us a Christmas gift. But of course, we all knew what the Christmas gift was. An NIV Bible. And I had <laughs> three sisters. I have four sisters now. At the time, I had three. So each one of us got a Bible for three or four years. Oh, wow. We had a whole stack of NIV Bibles, which we've <laughs> since been able to give away and distribute and bless other people. But Aww. it just was always kind of like, Oh yes, thanks, Ms. Jaclyn. I can't guess what it is. <sighs> About yeah. like same I blue, love. same blue cover. <laughs> same. But you know what? Like, what a cool, sweet thing because mm-hmm. because some kids, I don't know. They didn't get a Bible every year for yep. Christmas, so like yeah. th- there you go. Bulls. It had rainbow tabs that you could tab oh. Genesis, tab <gasps> Exodus, Leviticus, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, now purple,
1: dope. teal. With
2: that would be <laughs> outlawed in the Bible drill. Yep. Oh, yep. oh that th- not allowed. Mm. No. Ooh, no tabs. Nuh-uh. No tabs. <laughs> Mary, tell us what a, tell. That's a thing.
0: That word she said. <laughs> <Tell> <laughs> Bible drill. drill. Yeah, not no, a, no, no, not no. a power the f- drill. The <laughs>
2: very fun game that we would play in Sunday school. I vividly remember this. Um, because I was jealous of the kid who did have tabs, and I was not happy about it. Uh, (laughs) And they were like, well, I'm not going to look at the tabs. Uh, Sure, okay. (laughs) But the teacher would say a verse, and we would have to just find it. And the first one who found it got a prize or something. I don't remember. Probably a piece of candy, like a Jolly Rancher or something. Yeah, which yeah, is really, really exciting crazy. as a kid. Yeah. Ladies and yeah. gentlemen,
1: that is a Bible drill. Yes. If you didn't yes. grow up in Christian school or Christian spine. church. What now? Spine, in hand. Oh, spine. Yeah. spine, spine in and hand. Spine and hand. Hold. Oh, yes. oh yeah. You, you have, have to, to hold, hold it up, up above spine. your head.
2: Yep. There were rules. Yep. There Charge. Were rules.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, you'd hold your Bible in the air. Mm-hmm. The teacher would say the reference, the verse reference. You'd all repeat it in unison like kids are good at doing. And then they'd say charge. And if you pulled that Bible, down, if your first of all, if your hand wasn't fully extended in the air with your elbows straight, Elbow straight. Oh. you couldn't yeah, have it yeah. bent like this, yeah. getting Cheating. ready to pull the Bible down and Cheating. start flipping. Mm-mm. You couldn't cheat. The irony of cheating on a Bible drill, too. Let's not even get into that. Maybe that's a microcosm, a, a metaphor for all of what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. cheating on a Bible drill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. We're going to get
1: into some good stuff here, talking about the, the, Christian, the Christian kid things, the things that are part of your life when you grow up in what's often called a, a good Christian home, for so we, good reason. It's, it's a so good thing to, 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 to grow, grow up in a Christian home. Oh, yeah. Sure. Mine is Bible Man. <laughs> Bible Man was Christian superhero um, with a lightsaber. So uh, the lightsaber was the sword of the spirit. Whoa! But it was also kind of the Bible. Right. So, right, right. but it was a metaphor. It's kind of hard to find out where Bible Man existed between the kind of like figurative, he's a representative allegory kind of character of like every Christian struggle, or is he actually just a super Christian who God decided to give a Bible lightsaber to? It's like he's a, <laughs> I don't know. It's like he's a Superman Jedi combo. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I actually may remember making the argument as a kid that Bible Man could defeat Superman
2: oh. because if
1: God wanted him to, oh, he would. Sure,
2: that's a great argument. But
1: then again, you could make the same argument for a gecko in Superman. If God wanted the gecko to win, he could. <laughs> that's so, true. Um, yeah, so mine's Bible Man. Mine's Bible Man. Um, that's wow. what I'll list as, as my Christian kid memory. There's many more we could get into Adventures in Odyssey, mm. Veggie Tales, mm. Flannel Graphs. Oh, oh man. Yeah.
2: Flannel Graphs. Yep.
0: We I went to a Christian school and mm-hmm. we had chapel we had flannel graph mm-hmm. and it was really exciting the lady was very engaging when she would put them up there and she would make us wait
1: till the next week to know what would happen to the person on the flannel graph board <laughs> if you don't know what a flannel graph is and you're listening to this um, you could probably YouTube it I don't know but it was pretty much these little felt characters Bible characters little flat felt characters that were cut out and the teacher, while they were telling the Bible story, <laughs> would stick them onto a flannel board, and they would just magically stick there. These little felt mm-hmm. characters—I don't know if they were it felt or flannel or if it was all flannel, whatever it was—it was very <laughs> whatever. soft. Whatever, doesn't nice. matter. But you know, and then sometimes while they, <laughs> they were stuck. telling the story, <laughs> Moses is in front of the burning bush, and Moses would and kind of start like, to like peel <laughs> off the board, and it's like all the kids would be like, "Ha!" Ah! The <laughs> teacher would kind of incorporate it in the lesson, and he bowed before the Lord in awe, and on, but then he said back up. Uh, <laughs> flannel <laughs> graphs were fun. They should always be a thing. It should go without saying that this is not a cynical episode, that it's a bad thing to grow up in a Christian home. Like, duh, it's a great thing to be able to be a part of a home where from childhood your parents are raising you with Christian values, with church attendance, maybe even in some cases, with the Christian school curriculum, whether homeschool or otherwise, like all of those things, to the extent that you're, you're able to get the, we're we're saying like, that's a good thing. We're not, this isn't an episode to be cynical about the way we were raised. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about some of the specific struggles though. And in each of us here, the three of us talking today were raised in, in this, this way. Um, I, I grew up in Christian school my whole life with my mom as a Christian school teacher Mary, your experience?
2: Yeah, I was uh my both of my grandparents, both sides, uh pastors. My dad, pastor's kid. Therefore, I basically grew up <laughs> literally in the church. Um, <laughs> literally
0: raised in its walls. Yes, I grew up in the
2: church. Um, <laughs> no,
1: literally, I was born in the baptismal.
2: <laughs> Not quite that extreme. Okay. Um, but then I was also homeschooled. Um my mom homeschooled the three of us, and yeah.
0: Yep. Dad was a pastor. Ma, we, okay, so yeah, grew up in the church, Mm -hmm. which also was the Christian school. So you were there literally every day except Saturday, except let's be honest, most Saturdays you were there because there was some (laughs) sort of church function going on. So, yep, there every day of the week. And the (laughs) chapel was the same place, which was the sanctuary. So you're there all the time. Anyway, (laughs) uh, so... Christian school, mom was a teacher there, and then dad was a pastor and also a teacher there. So like, whoa, grew up in the church and pff, didn't homeschool,
1: but missed out on that.
0: mom up. was a teacher, so I had her for one of the years, sure, yeah. so sure. sort yeah. of homeschooled. <laughs> yeah. Right, Right, right.
1: I can, I can speak to, to both of those realities a little bit myself. That's That's all of us here. And uh, there's fun things that we can kind of reminisce on together about that. Maybe if you're listening, that's something like that as part of your, your case. If you had to kind of point out something that is a struggle, it could be a sin thing or it could just be a thing that was tough about growing up in a Christian environment, in a good Christian home, what would be one that comes to mind?
2: Well, I I I felt this pressure to be perfect, hmm. like Mm. constantly. And some of that had to do with being the oldest um, and I needed to set an example for my younger siblings. Um, And then some of it was just I was the daughter of Nate and Mariah Proper. So everybody knew who they were. And if, you know, you know, I had to set an example for my family, I was representation of my family. And I just felt a gigantic pressure to be like to not have Show any signs of weakness, you know. I was, I was perfect. I tried my best to be perfect, and that, of course, did not go well. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: To use like the fancy word legalism, I guess mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like that has sort of been a struggle in my mind. Just because when you are raised with whatever it is, whatever that thing is, is in your mind the best, or could be the best and anything that isn't that is somehow underneath. And I also but I also don't think that I knew that, which is even worse. Are we supposed to wear shorts to church? Hey, like, ooh, you know, like that guy didn't wear a tie today. <laughs> you know, like just like silly things that like you think in your mind and you're like, you are not really dressed for church. But then it's like, but wait a minute, if if I'm supposed to have this welcoming mindset of like everyone's welcome, Jesus would have welcomed everyone. He'd be so happy to welcome in that clothless, homeless person, <laughs> and we'll wrap a towel around you, you know, like, and we'd be <laughs> like, "Yay, that's great!" But, but mm. you you should know better because you've been going to church for a while, so you should have worn a tie. I, I don't know, like, <laughs> you, just those silly little little things. But then those little things, I think, spill over into the larger picture of okay, now you're sort of launching yourself into the world, not realizing that you have kind of this legalistic mindset or like, oh, so-and-so was not in church today. (laughs) Hope they're sick because if they're not sick, they're skipping. And if they're skipping, (laughs) whoo Woo! Legalism. (laughs) Yeah. In many many areas. And that just trickles and trickles and trickles Mm. into like things that... God probably doesn't care about.
1: <laughs> like whether or not you've got a tie at church. Yep,
0: I yes. uh, never
1: yes. probably worn a tie at church myself unless, you know, I was a kid and singing in some little group or something. Yeah, We've got an episode this season on modern-day Pharisees, how that's us a lot of the times. And legalism is a big part of that, and I think that's that's a big part of what happens when you're part of – the in group of the good group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are quotation marks around. I know the rules. Words. I
0: follow the rules. Yep.
1: Mm. Yep. And I've got it because of that. I know where mm-hmm. I stand.
0: Mm-hmm. Here's where I stand. Mm-hmm. Right here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the really scary thing about that specifically is it's a, a symptom of pride. It's pride working mm-hmm. itself out. Right. Right. So, right. Yeah. I can. Mm-hmm. I can definitely speak to that as well for myself. Like as as a kid. Growing up in a Christian home and, and being taught to read my Bible. As a kid, I recall definitely having pride about that, that I didn't even know was pride. Right. I read my Bible. You don't, realize, realize, it Bible. You don't yeah. realize it. I actually read my Bible. And you probably only read your Bible because we have Bible class at school and you have to. Mm -hmm. But I choose to read my Bible. That's just like the Pharisees from the Bible who say, Well, at least I fast this many times a week and pray this many times a day. God's looking at your heart. So why are you reading his word? Mm -hmm. To say that you do it, to know that you're a good Christian who reads their Bible, (laughs) that you can say you do it every day or every week or, or whatever. Uh yeah, God knows what's going on in your heart and why you're doing those things. So, that's a sneaky one. And the to get back to what I was saying earlier about pride, that's pretty scary because pride is kind of the root sin. Pride is, mm, pride yeah. is the sin that oh, yeah. I think we could say every other sin comes out of well, I mean, I and say, it's yeah. probably the most dangerous sin yeah. because it's the one that pits itself against God. I mean, it's we we often say that was Satan's right. sin. First sin, mm-hmm. which is hilarious, because then when we compare ourselves, it's exactly what we're doing. Like,
0: oh my <laughs> goodness, that sin, ooh. But then it's like, but wait a minute, <laughs> your sin is pride, which is worse than what theirs is. <laughs> so, ooh, <laughs> uh, it's like. A- but but that's the thing is we've got like these three big sins that are like the oh no, and it's like the ones that actually are like really destructive, like pride, are like no one. If you were to be in small group and be like, "Guys, I really struggle with pride," they'd be like, <laughs>
2: "So does everyone? Next. Come on, now." Who's Let's got a not real
0: even... prayer request? <laughs> Who has a real sense struggle? You know, it's like, do you realize how huge that is, and how it's so many issues stem from that? Like, if someone's willing to admit that, like, yeah, that's huge. How can
2: we help you? You know,
0: yeah. but we're <laughs> <laughs> like, pride. Like, yeah, that's only how Satan
1: was born. You
2: know, <laughs> <laughs> no big deal or anything. Mm-hmm. Oof.
1: There's a book, I haven't read it, but it's got a good title, and I feel like I know what it's about just by reading the title. So uh, I pretty much read it called Respectable Sins. Sounds interesting based on the title. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But anyways, um, and the Respectable (laughs) Sins, they're the ones that we tolerate. They're not murder. They're not drugs. They're not sex outside of marriage. They're just gossip pride. Envy. Je- there it is. Uh, envy, jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to read something for us. I'm going to go to God's word.
2: Oh, can I just bring up the judgment I feel when I forget my Bible <laughs> and I'm sitting in church and the pastor's like, all right, everybody turn to First Samuel 3. And I'm just like, I have my phone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you hear all those holy people Scrolls. going. Yeah, and everybody so. is papers. like flip,
2: flip, flip, and I'm just like, boop. <laughs> 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 boop, boop,
1: boop. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Gone are the days though, where people assume you know you're texting if your phone is out. It's like people Which is pretty nice. much know. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. nice. Galatians five nineteen mm. through twenty one. Mm. Now the works of the flesh are evident, says Paul. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The sins of jealousy and dissension are in the same list as orgies and sorcery. So that's where Paul puts Mm -hmm. our respectable sins. Mm -hmm. And then he just goes ahead and says, you make a practice of these things, you're not in the kingdom. You're not a child of God if these are your practice.
2: Hmm.
1: Yikes. Wow, there's no such thing as a respectable sin then. I've got something to be repenting of. Doesn't matter if I was growing up in a good Christian home and I can sing the fruit of the spirit song. <laughs> if I'm struggling with jealousy and making it a pattern in my life and something I practice and don't see any problem with and and allow and say, well that's that's alright. That's a nice sin. Me, I'm in the same group, according to Paul, as sorcerers? Which
2: <laughs> uh. <laughs> what?
1: What? wait, what excuse what? me, what now? <laughs> yeah, they're all in the same. They're all in the same category. If we're saved, we're saved out of our sin. So I'm kind of turning a corner here, saying, first of all, we've got real sins to watch out for in our own life, even if they are the so-called respectable sins. And that's the sneaky part is they can they can they they do sneak in there. And you've got to be so on guard against those because, yeah, well, everybody's going to struggle with pride, whether you were saved last year or saved, you know, in your first four years of life. Everybody's going to struggle with pride, sure. But it can be harder to detect because it can show up in Christian ways. If you grew up in a Christian home, the corner I want to turn here is talking about how that can affect how we feel about our testimony, <laughs> right? So... You've heard the testimony stories if you grew up in a Christian home, right? So
2: many. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: And you've heard about people, people have spoken at your church or you've been shown a video or whatever where people are saved out of everything that's evil, (laughs) you know, drugs, sex and rock and roll kind of stuff. And now they're out preaching for Jesus and touring the country and, you know, winning souls for Christ. It's like, that's a testimony. What's my testimony? Uh, I asked
2: I was, Jesus
1: into my heart when I was four.
2: <laughs> I don't even remember what it was like before I wasn't a Christian. Literally been a Christian my entire life. No contrast. I don't know. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Like, like, can we just talk a little bit about that struggle? Well, it's interesting because I, I think if you, I think
0: it can be easy to feel that way for one thing, for sure. I think I've felt that too. You know. Oh, Time to give your testimony. Oh, tell me your testimony. And yeah, you're kind of like, well, I was saved when I was four, and I've been fine ever since. So <laughs> praise the Lord. Yeah, you and, get an accent and, when you do it too. For some yeah, reason. yeah it's, uh, every time. Um, <laughs> and I feel like, yeah, that that is definitely a thought that's there. But as I've as I've sort of thought it through, I've realized two. Two different things and I think one is think of how cool it is the fact that parents have children. Like what a witnessing opportunity is for that little person that you just birthed into the world to be showing them what it looks like to love and follow God. Like what wow, like who is who am I supposed to witness to? What about your child? Like yeah. <laughs> they wanna see that you were, you know, reading your, wow, my dad reads his Bible. It must be really important to him. Like my mom made a meal for somebody. She must really care about them. We go to church. It must be really important. You know, like, so I've just realized that's actually really cool. Like what a, what a gift that I was born into this relationship where a mother and a father loved each other enough that they wanted to show each other and show their kids that, hey, Jesus matters. He's important to us. And we really want him to be important to you, too. So I'm like, that is just really cool. And what what a witnessing opportunity for parents to witness to their kids. And Hmm. I'm so grateful that I was brought into that. And then the other thing I realized just recently was, you know, a testimony or my testimony can be just the journey that I've, that I've been, you know, and you can be like, well, it's not very exciting. I went to Christian school and then Christian college and now I work in a Christian ministry. You know, and like, (laughs) well, my story is somewhat similar, but there's been ups and downs through it. Then like, I lost my job once. I wound up in college much later than most of my peers. And so I was the old man in college and that was just weird and different. And I had, you know, so as I start telling my story to people like, well, I did this and then did this and then did this, but I learned this, 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 and this along Mm. the way. And then they come back to you later and say, hey, you know, you you were telling me your story and it it made me realize this, this, and this. Mm. And so like, okay, what's my point? My point is, yeah, I was saved when I was young, but I've gotten to see this journey that I've been on. And my testimony is one of I've gotten to see him be faithful through these ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Not that, well, I just, I didn't know he was there working in the background the whole time. And then I found him. Hmm. It's like, well, I started my journey walking with him when I was young. But because I did, I've been able to see what he's done to walk with me through these hills and valleys to now where I've got a testimony where people can look at it and say... Wow, it's so neat to see what God's done in your life. He saved you, and now he's brought you through all of this. Your your testimony doesn't end when you prayed the prayer. Right, right. (laughs) right. And so I think, for one thing, it's so cool that my parents witnessed to me, and I got saved because of them. That is cool. And I've also built a testimony just by living my life and watching what he's
1: helped me walk through. That's super cool. Mary, I've heard you talk before about, well, I've heard you share your testimony before Mm, for one thing, but also uh, I've heard you talk about sharing your testimony too.
2: Yeah. So one of the, the parts of my testimony is that I went to a Bible school in England and that came with its whole share of lots of Many stories and ups and downs um, that came with it. But one of the amazing things that uh, we all got to do as students um, was we had an outreach, a 10 day outreach, uh, towards the end of the school season. And um, we would get split up into different groups of different sizes. And we went to um, different churches all over England. It's very cool. That's I know. <laughs> <you were saying. laughs> I know. I just wanted, to, yeah, anyway. And we got to help different churches in their specific outreach ministries. So some of the things that I did was we went into schools and talked about Christianity, um, which was very interesting because there's lots of different rules and things for that. Um, But it was cool. We got to do that in the first place. And we led a small group at their church. We led a service. And we did a youth group. We also went to like a soup kitchen sort of thing um, and shared our testimonies there. And it was 10 days that were full of reminders that your testimony, no matter what it is, is so important. And when you share it, God put you through different situations. One of the reasons being that you can tell other people, and they can relate to you and be like, oh, I struggle with that too in a different way, but I struggle with that too, and God helped you through that. So even um, my testimony of being saved at two years old and growing up in a Christian home, and it was actually surprising to me. So many people would come up to me and be like, oh, wow, your testimony was just so amazing. And I was just like, it's the most boring testimony (laughs) you've probably ever heard in your life. But... God makes you go through things so that you can tell your testimony and share your struggles with people and they can relate to you and be like, oh, so God helped you through that and maybe he can help me through what I'm dealing with too. But that's the Jesus Bible pray answer. Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which we know well as good Christian home
2: kids. (laughs) it's, It's even
0: funny too that, yeah, you're saying like, well, people came up to me and still told me my story. Like, yep. was meaningful to them. And you're yeah. like, well, I don't really have a story. I was safe when I was two and nothing really has happened since then. But <laughs> someone's like, that was an amazing story. Right. You realize that, like, each story that we have is like, that's the story he wanted for you to have. Right. That's the story he wanted you to have. This is the story he wanted me to have. This is the story he wanted. This person who has a crazy up-and-down testimony who was saved much later in life to have. It was like if he wanted you to have a different story, he would have given you a different story. Right. It's what he wanted. And the funny irony there is so many people are like, I'm so jealous of your testimony. Like, (laughs) I wish I got saved when I was two. Like, how many people come to you and say, like oh, I wish I was raised. And we're like, oh, I wish I had a more exciting story. And they're like, I wish I had your story that I would have followed him so closely my whole life. Yeah. You know, like what a gift it is that we were given that we were able to follow him so closely all the way through because so many people wish wish they had that. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of interesting mm-hmm. to to yeah. look at. Yeah. Yep.
2: Well, and I think uh, the, one of the reasons for that is that both sides see the other side as having less... <laughs> struggles, you know, since they were saved, Mm. and you know, like, I feel like when I hear people's testimonies, like, oh, I was doing all these terrible things. And then just the Lord just brought me to himself. And now I'm, I'm saved. And, and, and I'm sitting here thinking, well, then, well, it sounds like you, you're good. You know, you're, (laughs) (laughs) you're perfect now, right? (laughs) That's how that works. Right. But then they're, they're looking at us and being like, wow, they had, they had all of those opportunities to Become closer to God, mm. and I don't. I don't. I can't speak for anyone else, but for me, I often forget that I have that privilege. Mm. You know, I was also going to mention one thing that regarding <laughs> testimonies that um, I've struggled with in the past, and I've since uh, I've it's become a testimony and a, a triumph of victory, and it's that because I was saved at two years old, for crying out loud, um, (laughs) I uh, pretty much, since I realized that this could be a thing, probably maybe I was like eight to maybe 13, every time I heard the salvation message shared and someone gave – you know, like I said, a repeat after me sort of prayer, I would do it. Mm-hmm. I would Read just it. be like, mm-hmm. okay, just making sure this time, do you actually, are you still there? Is this yes. like a legitimate thing? And um, that was a, a really hard struggle that I had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've i heard a lot of other people in, in similar boats. I was like, huh, I had no idea that I was not the only one who had doubts like that. Oh, my word. <sighs>
1: so true. <laughs> mm-hmm. So relatable. Yeah. I know. I'm so glad you went there because I was hoping we would get to that, (laughs) that I hear this with Christian kids. I've heard (laughs) Christian kids share this more than anybody else. You know, people, it seems, who who accept Christ after they're an adult, it seems like it's they don't doubt that it really took. They know who they are. They know now that they're a child of God. They were blind and now they see, you know, sinner saved by grace. They get that. (laughs) When you do enter the church, when you do become a believer at such a young age, when you ask Jesus into your heart, as <laughs> used to be said, you you doubt whether it really took the first mm-hmm. time yeah. or, or the second time or the 23rd time. <laughs> and you do feel like maybe I didn't really mean it before. And I've, I've heard that from a lot of other people who grew yeah. up like yeah. we did. Um, I definitely struggled with that. A lot even, I'd say, later than, than you're talking about, even Mary, for me through high school, just wondering, is it real? Did it really take?
2: Mm-hmm. Did
1: I really mean it? Am I really saved? And, and it's, it's, it's ironic how that is one of the struggles that I think maybe isn't totally unique to sure. someone who grows up in a Christian family. But it's, I, think, I think we're predisposed to, to struggle with that because, you know, you, you kind of wonder sometimes, it, is that all it took? Is that is is that really that easy? You know, because yeah. you maybe don't feel like you were saved from some of the bigger things. <laughs> but according to this Whoa. list of Paul's, even if you were just saved from the sin of jealousy, just jealousy, that's salvation from hellfire. Mm-hmm. So every Yay! testimony. <laughs> <laughs> saved from hellfire. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think along that same similarish line, I had a realization, even just a couple... Summers ago, you hear all these things if you grew up in a Christian home, and so you're like, "Oh, yep, yeah, okay, yep, yeah, I know this, I know this, I know this, mm-hmm. I know that mm-hmm. I know that God loves me. But I think for my thing, yeah, was was sort of like, but the fact that it's a reality mm-hmm. and allowing myself to feel loved, not just know it mm-hmm. and to realize like, oh, wait a minute, but he actually. Loves me, you know, and I think of, oh, there are people in my life that i I just love. I just love them, and parents, they love their children, and we love our friends. And I had to come to the place where i where I really understood and felt like, oh, wait a minute, Jesus loves me. Hmm. This I know, for wow. the Bible tells me so. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- yeah. what does that? N- what does that mean? You know, like I knew it for a long time, but, but, yeah, I, I, I just think a similar thing where it's like, oh no, <laughs> am I really saved? I'm really saved. Did it really take? Like, yeah. well, does yeah. God really love me? Like, really love me, love me, mm-hmm. or is it just like? Jesus has to love everybody because that's what he was sent to do. But he doesn't really care about you individually. It just says, you know, he loved. But it's like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. Like, the way that he, there's that verse that's, you know, Christ loved the, the church and he gave himself up for her. It's not just like, oh, God, let this cup pass from me because I don't really like these people. and I don't really want to <laughs> have to do it. It's like, well, I don't really want to have to go to the cross. Like, that's really going to be horrific. But you know, so if there's any other way, I'll happily take it. But yet, I I will give myself up mm-hmm. for her because I love her, my bride. The church, you know, Mary, Tim, right? mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. So yeah. that was like, that was a thing for me where it was like, oh wow, that's that's a real thing. He really loves me. Yeah.
1: Isn't it? Isn't it amazing how? Well, just like anybody who comes to see Jesus for who He really is, the things that we struggle with as Christian kids, (laughs) the things that we have to learn are really, well, it's the same as everybody else. It's nothing nothing special. It's a great thing to grow up in a Christian home, but you're not a different kind of Christian. You still have to come to that realization for yourself personally Mm -hmm. that Jesus loves you and died for you. You still have to come to the realization personally that your sin will kill you. Your sin will separate you from God forever. These we're just we're just discovering it afresh. Sometimes we have to, right? We've got to because we we might think we already know it because we grew up with it. It was just part of our culture, but we've still got to discover it afresh personally for ourselves, just like anybody else. <laughs> That's what it means to be a Christian. Thank you for joining us for If That Makes Sense, the Family Life podcast about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. If you enjoy the show, please send it to a friend. Your genuine appreciation of the show is the best way for word to get out. And it would make our day if you left us a rating and a review wherever you found this episode. Family Life has more great original podcasts that you can check out at familylife.org podcast. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you along for the next one.